unbelievably woke Springfield still isn't done indoctrinating children. And this recording is not for young ears. Leftists in Springfield are still not done using Illinois schools to preach woke beliefs to Illinois school children, thereby driving more families out of Illinois, which is a bad thing for Illinoisans who can't leave, and driving more families out of government schools, which is a good thing, except for those who can't leave. State Representative Mary Flowers, a Democrat from Chicago, has filed a jaw-dropping bill, HB 80, there's a link to it if you go to this article online, that doesn't propose merely standards or guidelines or even a type of curricula. Oh no, Flowers is going for the whole enchilada. If passed, her bill would mandate the teaching of specific books on race and feminism, 20 nonfiction books and nine fiction. And every book appears to be written by a leftist. There's not one book in Flowers' list by either a person of color or a colorless person who criticizes or dissents from leftist assumptions on race or feminism. Flowers' bill says this, and I quote, This amends the school code, sets forth a list of nonfiction, fiction, and children's books about racism that must be required reading for students in every public elementary and secondary school beginning with the 2021-2022 school year, requires that the instruction and the material presented by each book be age-appropriate and taught at the appropriate grade level, effective immediately, end quote. Maybe I missed it, but I can't remember ever hearing of a lawmaker commanding that every public school in Illinois teach specific books. Did Mary Flowers' constituents elect her to select texts for their elementary, middle, and high schools? Having worked with teachers, I can say with a fair degree of certainty that this bill will not be popular with many of them. This proposed bill adds to the list of bills and laws that are transforming our government schools into woke re-education camps and our children into leftists. The list now includes the reintroduced REACH Act that will require comprehensive sex ed starting in kindergarten, the proposed culturally responsive teaching and leading standards, the existing LGBT school indoctrination law, the homosexuality-affirming anti-bullying law that passed in 2010, and the many novels, plays, movies, essays, and articles teachers are already choosing to teach. Here are some of the authors and texts on Flower's inclusive list of only leftist authors and texts. Bell Hooks, Ain't I a Woman? Black Women and Feminism. Ta-Nehisi Coates, Between the World and Me. Ibram X. Kendi, otherwise known as Ibram Henry Rogers, How to Be an Anti-Racist. Robin D'Angelo, White Fragility, Why It's So Hard for White People to Talk About Racism. Ben Crump, Opportunist Extraordinaire in the Mold of Al Sharpton and Reverend Jesse Jackson. His book is Open Season, Legalized Genocide of Colored People. Jacqueline Woodson, Black and a Lesbian, so a twofer for intersectional identitarians. Her book is Brown Girl Dreaming. And then there's Jennifer Harvey, self-described queer, anti-racist, white lesbian dyke and Drake University religion professor. Her book is Raising White Kids. 
Jennifer L. Eberhardt. She wrote, Biased, Uncovering the Hidden Prejudice that Shapes What We See, Think, and Do. Mickey Kendall, Hood Feminism, Notes from the Women that a Movement Forgot. Layla Saad, Me and White Supremacy. Michelle Alexander, The New Jim Crow, Mass Incarceration in the Age of Colorblindness. Ijeoma Oluo, who identifies as a black queer woman who has often found herself demonized at the convenience of white America. Her book is So You Want to Talk About Race. Wes Lowry, They Can't Kill Us All. And Rennie Edo Lodge. Her book is Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race. Phew, good thing Coates, Kendi, and D'Angelo are here on this list. No woke list would be complete without those three woketeers, all of whom profit handsomely from the racial division they help foment. National Review's Rich Lowry writes this about Tanahazi Coates' book, which Flowers wants to force all public schools to teach. And I quote Lowry, Coates has to reduce people to categories and actors in a pantomime of racial plunder to support his worldview. He must erase distinctions and reject complexity. Coates writes, White America is a syndicate arrayed to protect its exclusive power to dominate and control our bodies. Lowry says, What is this white America? Is it Nancy Pelosi or Ted Cruz? Is it Massachusetts or is it Utah? In a monstrous passage about 9-11, Coates writes of the police and firefighters who died trying to save people from getting obliterated into dust. They were not human to me, black, white, or whatever. They were menaces of nature. They were the fire, the comet, the storm, which could, with no justification, shatter my body. Lowry asks, really? Firefighters go about shattering the bodies of black people without justification? End quote. I suspect there will be many parents who object to their children being exposed to such a toxic ideology. And here are just two quotes from the book by racist, pro-trans, pro-homosexual feminist Rennie Edo Lodge titled Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race that Mary Flowers Wants to Force All Illinois Schools to Teach. First quote, racism is a white problem. It reveals the anxieties, hypocrisies, and double standards of whiteness. It is a problem in the psyche of whiteness that white people must take responsibility to solve. And another quote, The process begins with the individual woman's acceptance that American women, without exception, are socialized to be racist, classist, and sexist. End quote. We can't overlook the list of books Mary Flowers identifies as fiction, which includes Justin Simeon's satirical book, Dear White People. One chapter in Dear White People is titled, So You've Decided to Go Black and Not Come Back, which has a section on busting the myth of giant penises, that is, giant black penises. And I quote Simeon, Thanks to rap music and the tendency to exoticize people of color, the myth of the giant black dick has endured for some time. The stereotype can lead to a number of awkward post-coital conversations and explanations. Though this stereotype might be helpful in wooing and courtship, there are few things less sexy than a man having to explain why his dick isn't as big as his lover had hoped it would be. The truth is, the average dick length and width is the same for men regardless of ethnic background. 
in spite of the sometimes helpful wide-angle lens on the iPhone used in dick-picking, most guys are packing between 5 and 7 inches, end quote. Please don't email IFI angry that we have reported this. If you're upset, contact Mary Flowers. She's the person who wants to make this book required reading in Illinois schools. Flowers also wants to force Illinois schools to teach bisexual Alice Walker's novel, The Color Purple, which includes lesbian sex and many references to various characters effing. And here's an excerpt from the novel, An American Marriage by Tayari Jones, that Flowers wants to force Illinois schools to teach. Quote, Looking down at her outline in the dark, I felt myself wanting to explain again, but I would never tell her that I didn't want to F her like a man who just got out of jail. I wanted to do it like a man who was home visiting his family. I wanted to do it like a local boy made good. I wanted to F like I had money still, like I had a nice office, Italian shoes, and a steel watch. How can you explain to a woman that you want to F her like a human being? End quote. The married black man in this scene has just been released from spending five years in prison for the crime of raping a white woman, a crime he did not commit. The woman with whom he has sex is a friend, not his wife. Just curious, who decided graphic lesbian sex was age-appropriate for any minor child? And what criteria was used to make such a determination? Who will decide which grade level is appropriate for graphic lesbian sex? language about effing friends, or about the myth of giant black penises. While Flowers, evidently a devotee of critical race theory, identity politics, and feminism, includes a few token colorless authors, she includes no ideological diversity, demonstrating that the only kind of diversity that matters to leftists pertains to skin color, biological sex, and disordered sexual predilections, What doesn't matter is ideological diversity and intellectual exploration on these controversial topics. In the service of inculcating Illinois minors with progressive beliefs about race, feminism, and sexual activities, leftists are fully committed to viewpoint discrimination. They have no interest in teaching children how to think critically via distinguishing sound, coherent arguments buttressed with relevant evidence, from fallacious arguments deficient in logic, evidence, and coherence. Instead, they want to teach other people's children what to think uncritically. Kind of, sort of, maybe sounds more like propaganda than pedagogy. No one disputes the historical reality of the evil of the slave trade, the institution of slavery, and subsequent Jim Crow laws. Nor does anyone dispute the critical importance of ensuring that history is taught accurately. The dispute, broadly speaking, is over how the history of racism should be taught. Many, including blacks, believe the way critical race theory, and BLM in the 1619 Project, addresses slavery in America and its legacy is both imbalanced and inaccurate. Further, the imbalanced and inaccurate coverage of American history promotes a false picture of an evil and systemically racist America, foments racial division, and robs persons of color of a sense of agency in and responsibility for their own lives. In the racialist, or some would say racist theories, of those whose writing Mary Flowers wants to force into Illinois schools, 
There's a difference between being an anti-racist and being not racist. Being anti-racist essentially means embracing all the beliefs of critical race theory, forced confession and public repentance by whites, and becoming a community organizer. According to the ubiquitous Ibram X. Kendi, quote, being anti-racist is different for white people than it is for people of color. For white people, being anti-racist evolves with their racial identity development. They must acknowledge and understand their privilege, work to change their internalized racism, and interrupt racism when they see it, end quote. Many believe those dogmatic beliefs are divisive and destructive and will accomplish nothing but feed the ravenous and greedy intersectional industrial complex. And many non-racist parents do not want their children taught the lie that those who harbor no racist views or engage in any racist acts are still racist by virtue of their skin color or lack thereof. If flowers and other leftists are genuinely invested in sound education, which necessarily entails the full, fair, and free exchange of ideas on race, race relations, feminism, and sexuality, they could and should revise both this bill and existing curricula on those subjects. They could and should remove half of the nonfiction selections in Flowers' list to make room for books and essays by Thomas Sowell, Shelby Steele, John McWhorter, Carol Swain, Candace Owens, Larry Elder, Jason Riley, Anne Wortham, and Heather McDonald.